Ahoy, mateys! Welcome to the GameBuoy.org video game podcast, your more or less weekly port of call for gaming news and views that maybe aren't on your radar, but most definitely should be. I'm your host, Captain Spike 2099, and with me, as always, is First Mate Slagkick. Actually, it's Slagkick 19 Dickity 2. You know, we have to say Dickity because the Kaiser stole our word for 20. <laughs> Today- Yar! <laughs> Today it's June 10th, 2019, and this is episode 164, High Hopes, E3 2099, or 2099, E3 2019, day two. Welcome once again, each and every one of our lovely and beautiful listener, to another episode of the GameBooey.org video game podcast. GameBooey.org video game podcast. Today, we're talking about the second proper day of conferences at the 2019 edition of the very biggest and very bestest week of every year, E3. Except the show floor still isn't actually open, so that's kind of funny. Right? Well, as, you know, conference people, today was, like, our day two, and, like, for people who are actually there, tomorrow is day one, so... Right? It's it's all just a whole lot more complex than it really needs to be. But uh, today, we're going to be talking about the PC Gaming Show by PC Gamer, powered by the Epic Game Store, Ubisoft, and Square Enix. We are going to keep this short, or at least, you know, try to keep it to our version of short. Like an hour Uh, version of short. (laughs) Right? You you got it, girl. Uh, We are still in the middle of a heat wave. Luckily, it's starting to break. It is my hope we could wrap recording up pretty quick so I can get some good rest time. Because the thing I'm really looking forward to right? is early tomorrow. Nintendo Direct. <laughs> All right. Um, let's just get this started. You know, we can warm up a cup of tea. You can zip up your coat or dude ranch. Uh, let's think, though. Relax and talk about some games. Slaggy, I think the hot topics are pretty obvious today. Not just because I literally just explained what they all were. However, even still, why don't you start us off with the way that we rhyme? I already made a Decepticon joke, right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Hot topic is the way that we rhyme. I'm not even going to lie. Like, when I said yes, I immediately thought you were going to be like, oh, then what's your take on Cassavetes? Oh, damn it. <laughs> no, it's too, it's too warm and everything today for me to be clever, so... That would have been good, though, so damn it. You <laughs> just ju- right. you just Julie ruined my streak. Oh, now see? That was an effort. <laughs> okay, well, I guess you could describe the, the PC gaming show by PC Gamer powered by Epic Game Store as Oh, an that was well. an effort. <laughs> yeah, so, well... It How sounds- do you think they did, um, like, with the presentation of this? This is something that, you know, they've kind of, I feel like they've kind of, like, experimented with the format a little bit. Well, Over so the years. in terms of presentation, I thought that this year's was the best, but that's still a pretty low bar. Um, you know, mm-hmm. and a lot of the folks that came out were very awkward. It was clear that a lot of the folks um, talking are not normal people who speak to crowds. <laughs> They're not and, normal people. <laughs> oh, that isn't. Oh, gosh, that's not what I meant. I meant people <laughs> whom do not normally or do not regularly speak to No, no, I know. I know, what you, I know what you meant. <laughs> um, hey, I'm not normal either, so... So they're not people whom frequently speak to crowds. They're not people. Based on their um, adeptness at presenting in front of a large audience. Right, right. Uh, and particularly at dealing with this new stupid trend of people being completely fucking just obnoxious Ooh. at these events. Yeah. Or like making specific shouts and like if they don't get responded to or acknowledged, just shouting them again. This isn't rock. This isn't a rock concert nobody's playing Freebird. shut the fuck up and aren't a lot of these people like journalists and stuff yeah yeah and games devs so it's like literally all of you should understand why this is a terrible way to behave why are they i guess the flip is e3 sells tickets now any gamer can go and we all know gamers don't know how to behave yeah i mean they're like joel McHale when he was a guest judge on rupaul's drag race yeah plot twist joel McHale is good friends with Michelle Visage. That was all an act, and oh, I know. people I'm who don't understand it. it. Okay, okay, you. But that's how it that. came. That's a how a lot came. of people were like, "Why is this straight man even here?" And I'm like, "Are you kidding? He literally was like on Talk Soup covering Drag Race Weekly. He loves that shit." Yeah. Anyway. Uh, anyway, can you tell that we're way more interested in things that aren't the PC gaming show? 
But it's not because PC gaming is a problem for us. Like we're big PC gaming people, as far I as I know. Game on the PC more than I game on anything else. Well, right. Um, my problem is, and you know, we we're talking about the presentation. It's just really dry and. As much as I love the authenticity of hearing from games dev uh, talking to audiences about, you know, these games, and typically it's really more from a perspective of like how to sell this stuff and a little less on like looking into the design process. So for me, it's like what I want these kinds of people here for is to talk about the design process. If we're not going to get that and it's just going to be the ad campaign and spiel, please hire somebody to talk about your game because I mean, it's kind of the trend of E3 this year, I feel like, or maybe my, maybe my tastes are changing. I don't know. Or my needs as a consumer or, you know, well, I'm definitely like, I love like the big produced pre trailer presentations, but I also like require some kind of insight as to like, what is the game we're talking about here? Or, or, you know, if it is a narrative focus, obviously, I'm definitely opening up to the idea that that gameplay aspect is less important. But um, then if you're like a story focused game, explain to me why I should care about your story. Like, I really feel like it's sort of all across the board this year that a lot of these trailers gave us visual concept and aesthetic and little else to really chew on. And I, I did feel... um the PC gaming show is one of the shows that did a little better in terms of a lot of these games. I felt like we did have an idea of when we'll be playing uh, for the ones that aren't like demo available now. Um, but uh, it, it it's tough for me to talk about the PC gaming show because a lot of what they talked about isn't stuff that's really on my radar. Um, the pacing was really uneven, although I've actually really grown to like the, the main host guy whom I presume is family. Uh, I like him a lot though. Um, well, what about you? What did you think of the presentation angles like? Yeah, um, I found my attention wavering, honestly. It was, and it had nothing to do with the heat or like anything like that. Yeah, it's just, um, yeah, like it was just hard for me to really care, not to be, not to be mean. Yeah. Well, and so to start off, then let's talk about the first game that we got a glimpse of. But I mean, I say a glimpse because, again, it was really one of those sort of aesthetic tone trailers. Um, this one was for Evil Genius 2. I saw a lot of people on uh, Twitter and stuff initially asking if it was like related to uh, Despicable Me and the Minions franchise. Uh. Not, but I actually like that aesthetic a lot. I like Despicable Me and Minions. Me too. Uh, like, I never thought I would say that, but. Right. But um, I don't know. I, I thought it looked like a really cute aesthetic. Um, What did you think? Yeah, I mean, I kind of, I mean, like, I feel like another trend this year is a lot of sequels. I'm like, I don't really remember the first one. <laughs> well, a uh, first that was kind one, of a problem here. Well, a first one that you definitely will remember is Vampire the Masquerade. Uh, the second game that we got to see was actually the first gameplay trailer for Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines 2. Now, what did you think about that? Um, yeah, I mean, again, I really honestly um, was kind of like in between and actually... You know, I think that actually um, I tuned in a few minutes late and I think I could kind of missed um, a little bit of that presentation. Oh, that's fair. Um, you know, Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines 2, it looks like what fans of this series have been hoping for. Um, it appears to be going in and sort of digging in deeper on sort of like emulating the vampire experience and sort of putting you in sort of the seat of sort of a, a newborn who's sort of going through, I think the sort of phrase they used was like vampire pure puberty or something. Um, I, I was mm -hmm. I was into it. This is a game that I'm, I'm really excited about, though. So uh, for me, this was, I thought, a, a really strong note to hit so early in the presentation. Mm -hmm. It would almost be like, what if Square Enix did a presentation where they talked about a major game first? Like, who oh, does they did. that? Uh, we also got a look at Starmancer, which is a colony management game from Chucklefish. Yeah, that looked cute. Yeah, I, I actually thought that one looked really cute as well. Uh, we did get to see uh, Chivalry 2, and I think this was actually like the first like look at Chivalry 2. It was very I will, violent. I was just going to say, these kinds of like medieval warfare series, they're not quite for me, but um, it looked like a, like a really like... Um, how do I say like intense experience like it looked like if you're into this it's probably like very like true to history or yeah you know, like, 
it, like history was bloody. Like there's just you know people dying. <laughs> well, so then we got to look at the upcoming game Mosaic. Um, I wasn't. I didn't really. I couldn't tell enough Wait, about not, the game. It's not Mosaic. It might be Mosaic. But yeah, are you going to say anything more than correct me? No, just I've never heard anyone. <laughs> I've never heard anyone say that word mosaic before. Yeah, well, I have a poor areas public education, and so most of my understanding of words came from reading them, not from people speaking them to me or teaching me them. So sometimes I pronounce things funny. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Um, uh, what pops is not a, a mispronunciation because that's. So, I mean, I'm. I don't really know what mosaic is, but well, that's exactly my thing. Is like I watched this presentation and I'm like, I don't really know what this game is. That's kind of a problem. Yeah, yeah. It like, I mean, I, I I'm definitely interested in the idea of like a dark, like narrative game, like like. But I just didn't feel like I got enough about it to really understand it as a game. Yeah, apparently it's um oh um I'm sorry, like I was rewatching the trailer and blip blop is a a mobile like a tie-in to it which is available now but i don't know oh okay what that has to do so i was getting confused about what the blip blop had to do with anything yeah well i mean i watched this trailer and i loved the moodiness of it i loved sort of the conceit of like being very like gloomy and you know all like basically an interactive episode of black mirror my problem is i, I still don't really know what that means I just don't know what that means, but I'd like to, so I'm interested. So maybe they've already won. I'm interested. Yeah, it's looking like um, Blip Blop is like the game that like the one character is playing, and then there's like all the spooky people with umbrellas. So IDK, I my see. Blip Blop Jill. Well, we also got the reveal of Midnight Ghost Hunt. Now, this for me was a really exciting one. This is like an asymmetrical multiplayer experience. It's like a, a multiplayer 4v4 online game where one group of people plays as ghosts and the other group plays as ghost hunters. And you're basically, the ghosts are just trying to survive to midnight and then attack the hunters. The hunters are trying to find the ghosts before midnight when they get empowered. Uh, so very similar like to a... like the... Oh, you're just, were you going to say was, Luigi's Ghost Mansion? Yeah, it's Luigi's Ghost Mansion. Well, like, as I was watching this, I was like, it's like somebody was playing Luigi's Ghost Mansion. And I was like, and hey, what if I made a full game out of this? Well, the thing is, there are other elements of the uh, old GameCube game Geist that are... Oh, yeah, you're a big here, fan of that. Where Because you saw in this trailer where various ghosts were like hiding as items in the world in order to like um, avoid detection or... Um, it kind of looked like maybe there's an opportunity if you take like inhabit like a statue or something to like tip it over on one of the hunters or something. Mm -hmm. Wasn't it this just one, looked really yeah. interesting to me. Wasn't this the one who had a cutie game director tune? Yes. Yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm definitely super interested in this game. Uh, very much the kind of experience I'm interested in. Um, let's see. We then got uh, Conan. Was it Conan Unexplored Two or something? Had a trailer. Unexplored. Well, Conan Chop Chop is okay. I must different. be mixing two things. Um, which one was Unexplored? Do you oh, Unexplored. Know? Unexplored. It was the one that kind of looked um, like you were like exploring a little map thing. Like I remember watching the trailer and being like, "Oh, this is kind of cool." I think the. I think there's a version of um or not a version i think that the first unexplored is also available on switch um, oh excellent it's been described as a roguelite oh fun okay yeah I, I was just sitting here like i don't know what this game was um you're kind of like um exploring the area yeah i i will note one <laughs> one real problem i had watching this presentation you know um, we are in the middle of a heat wave. I get heat stroke really bad, so I actually was really struggling to pay attention during this presentation. Um, fortunately, I was able to watch uh, Square Enix and Ubisoft without too much issue. But this first presentation right. was really Same. tough for me. Yeah, um, it was having like nine, uh, almost a hundred here. Yeah. Well, and in other parts in the world, that isn't that high of a temperature. But for yes. us, that is a large number. I. Uh, I mean, literally last week it was 40 degrees lower than that. Hell, two days ago it was 40 degrees cooler than that. And yeah. they're telling us two days from now it will be 40 degrees cooler than that. So I'm almost certainly going to be sick this weekend. Oh, that sucks. That is what it is. 
Uh, but getting back to it, we did get the announcement, as uh, Slaggy was noting, that um, there was a Conan game shown. This was Conan Chop Chop. It was shown last or uh, April Fool's as like a game that was being announced by Funcom. They said at April Fool's that this game was not an April Fool's, but people thought it was so cartoony and silly that it had to be an April Fool's. But um, it's not. It was, well, yeah, right? It's uh, basically like a sort of Diablo clone style game. Really super cute art style based around like the Conan, like Harborian, like Arctic or whatever. I, I like that whole like setting. So it's kind of weird to see it rendered in this weird, almost like pseudo stick figure cartoony style. But I don't know. I, I'm always here for any kind of like diablo style or like final fight mm -hmm. style any I kind mean, of like, me, like leveling style experience and, for me and this, saying, um oh, and i was just saying for me the stick figure vibe um i don't know if did if you ever played kingdom of loathing back in i the have day. yeah yeah i mean i mean obviously it's you know that that was much more simplistic but uh i just i mean just kind of with the like silly little stick figures like yeah yeah well and then we cute. also excellent Let's see, we um, also got the announcement of an upcoming survival MMO, Lost Oasis, which is going to be coming to Early Access this summer. Is it Lost Oasis or Last Oasis? I thought it was Last Oasis. Yeah, Last Oasis. Okay, well, if I said Lost, sorry about it. Uh, we also got Age of Wonders Planetfall. Uh, this was fun because it looks like a big like 4X style game, right? And initially when it's I was like watching this, I was like... dinosaurs with lasers initially while i was watching this i was like oh hey it looks like civ and then a dinosaur with a laser walked by and so i was like oh that's really neat like so i'm already kind of interested in this yeah I, I have uh i've never really paid attention to age of wonders this i think is the fourth title in the series they, something like that yeah but it's so i might want to put it on my radar one. yeah I think the um, I think Age of Wonders three was like a, kind of more like fantasy, like kind of like a Tolkien Middle Earthy vibe. So yeah, but I, I'm interested in checking that out and seeing if it like you know sparks my interest in Planetfall. Excellent. Let's see. We got the uh, reveal trailer of Zombie Army Four Dead War, uh, which was a lot, uh, lots of zombie Nazis there, which was cool. Um, we got Griftlands, which is a card-based RPG. Um, this was actually by Clay, and we had talked about it, I think, at the PC gaming show like two years ago. <laughs> and it uh it looks like it has grown a lot. Like it's really like a whole ass game now, which is nice. Um, definitely one I'll be checking out. I love these online card games. Yeah, and I I like that it's like um if it actually plays like the way the trailer looks. Um, it's not just like a Hearthstone, like, it looks like that, like, you know, the, I mean, it's hard to tell, like, I, I could honestly not tell if that was actual game footage. I'm hoping it is, though, because it would be interesting if it looks more like a, you know, like, RPG style, uh, but like with a cartoony art vibe. Yeah. But again, with a lot of these, it's hard to tell if that was actually game footage. Let's see. We also had a Remnant from the Ashes, which is a co-op shooter that they indicated takes inspiration from the Dark Souls games. Um, that's one, of course, that I think a lot of people are excited for. It's going to be releasing on August 20th. Uh, we got Planet Zoo with the uh, release date reveal of November 5th. We got, uh, let's see, we got to see Songs of Conquest. Oh, oh, we had a big feature on Shenmue 3, um, which I thought was very excited about. A little bit of kerfuffle, though. Shenmue 3 has now been revealed to be a PC Epic Games Store exclusive. Oh, Battlecry. Oh. Yeah. Uh, that having been said, the game looks lovely. Uh, I definitely like the angle they're leaning in with it. Um, watching this trailer, to me, it definitely felt like I was watching like a kung fu type movie. And I think that's the angle they're going for. So I, I definitely think that uh, Shenmue 3 is coming along in a really great way. Um, yeah. Let's see. Then we got some trailers for Vermintide 2, Per Aspera, uh, the announcement of Auto Chess, um, Valfaris. Oh, oh, this one. What did you think of about the shark RPG or, or shark <laughs> PG man eater? I mean, I don't know if it's meant to be silly, but I cackling like you literally uh, play as a shark that eats people to yeah. a like I think it's supposed to be silly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you never know. But like, um, I, I don't know how I really didn't 
noticed that last year, but like I'm kind of here for it. And it reminds me of the recent news story where a male shark bumped into a female shark and she ate him. Yes, we stand yes, strong female characters. Right, fuck the patriarchy. Um, but yeah, like, no, I was cackling at that. Like, it looks ridiculous. Yeah, plus there was, the like, intent. a big, beefy, tatted-up, beardy dude in the trailer. Oh, yeah, so I, was into I, that was, I was into that. Let's see. Um, we got the announcement of uh, the upcoming Terraria Journey's End update, which is going to be a huge update that's supposed to add 120% more content to the game. Something wow. like six to 800 new items. Like, yeah, it sounds like some real nonsense. Um, That's great. Let's see. We also got the announcement of Warframe Empyrean, which is going to be the next expansion, which will include ship-to-ship combat. Ooh, cool. Um, We got to learn about the upcoming Telling Lies, which is the uh, next game by Sam Barlow, creator of Her Story. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, actor Logan Marshall Green, whom you might be familiar with from uh, Prometheus, Spider-Man Homecoming, among others. Um, he's actually, because Telling Lies is an FMV game, he's actually one of the uh, actors in the FMV sequences. And it's apparently um, being described by them, and they use this term repeatedly, an open world video game. And so the, uh, <laughs> I guess you can explore the video freely in order to try and like solve the game's mysteries. Yeah, I loved uh, her story. I thought it was really... um, Effective? Yeah, I thought it was um, really well done. Excellent. Uh, Let's see, we then got trailers for Chris Tales, Genesis Noir, and El Hijo. Um, Chris Tales, in particular, for me, looked really exciting. It sort of builds itself as, like, homage to, like, the classic JRPGs. It has a aesthetic almost reminiscent of, like, Steven Universe. And you're, like, sort of simultaneously... um, traversing like present future and past it's like a really cool concept for a game yeah time loops yeah time loops are like the whole ass thing this year it really like the, feels yeah like. like e3 trends are time loops uh coming in 2020 and screaming at inappropriate times during press conferences ah right um and then the last uh presentation was baldur's gate 3 unfortunately the revealer the or the revealer the trailer was um i think basically footage from the same trailer we saw at stadia last week and mostly it was really just discussion about sort of the direction the game is going in and uh basically they openly discussed adapting the dungeons and dragons fifth edition rule set for the game and they were basically talking about how like basically the whole fifth ed um player's handbook was adapted for it which sounds great yeah So, I mean, uh, I'm excited for Baldur's Gate 3, but at the same time, I'm like, okay, if you're literally not showing us footage even still, uh, is this a 2022 game? Like, where is this gonna land? I don't know. I'm starting to get very, like, I have always heard some people, like, really worried about the lack of any gameplay in trailers. And I've always been sort of middle of the road, like, it's okay to do, like, an aesthetic or, like, a, a... pre-visualization trailer like we all need to get hype about something but now it's getting to be a little ridiculous like we had several major projects this week that have been shown via trailers that have shown us no gameplay for games that have supposedly been in dev for years that's wild i I don't like that trend um yeah anyway as noted um not quite the show for me kind of a weird presentation if i were grading overall i would probably give this one I would say a C minus, like technically passing. It it wasn't bad. I don't feel like I wasted my time, but at the same time, there's just a lot to still improve. And um, it really felt overall like I was watching a two hour commercial in a way that a lot of these other conferences haven't felt quite so nakedly commercial-esque. Yeah. Um, A lot of the other presentations at least have had entertainment value to hang your hat on. And that I thought was in low supply here. Oh, what did you think? Yeah, I would probably say C minus. Like, it wasn't bad, but, like, the presentation was really dry. And uh, I just, you know, so, like, they didn't fail. But, um, yeah, just, uh, yeah. Yeah, it sounds like we had very similar grades for very similar reasons. Um, Well, then uh, we're going to talk next about Ubisoft. And, of course, they kicked off with Ubisoft had already leaked. Gosh, you just can't get off of correcting my pronunciations today. So why don't you take 
the first announcement, and you can pronounce it however you'd like. Oh, the, the thing is, is that for years I called it Ubisoft too, but then I realized like last Bitch, year that they I work with it people Ubisoft. who work in the San Francisco Ubisoft office who call it that. I don't care what they call it on their stream. Continue. Okay. Well, we're still <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. Your cackle like was like Mariah Carey whistle tones. Wow. Um I know the lyrics to my own songs, excuse you. I don't know her. Um so Watchdog Legion, Watchdogs Legion got its official reveal uh with a release date of March 6, 2020. You know, we'd heard some buzz about this. We heard some leaks. And basically, there's not one main character. They said uh, you can, like, they're saying, like, oh, you could play as anyone in the population. But, I mean, I, I have to imagine that there's, you know, even though they said that you can have a team of, like, up to 20 at a time. Like, I can't imagine that, you know, with all the voice acting. But then again, like, um, apparently the development's been um, wild on that and probably lots of crunch. So, I don't know. It looks interesting. But then there's just been this whole... Um, Thing about like oh well it's not going to be political it is political like so there's just been like this kind of confusing air to it but you know, I mean I will say for me I'm going to have to disagree with you respectfully here um I thought that Watch Dogs Two was extremely political and everything that I saw about this uh, sequel looked to be just as political frankly if not more so um so while I know that like we're getting these shitty statements out of Ubi and we're, we're, we're getting these comments about, you know, oh, we're trying to make games apolitical. That is clearly not the game they're making. Like, they're clearly making a very political game. And it's one whom, at least of what we saw today, I agree with the thesis of, which I appreciate. <laughs> because Lord knows, you, I won't get close enough to Division 2 to throw a rock at it, basically. Right. So to me, I don't know, like, I really felt like this felt like very radical. It felt very like human yeah. rights are important. Very, I, I don't know. I, to me, this game looked like something I wanted to play. Um, yeah, and I, I mean, will note, you know, supposedly, supposedly there are literally thousands of characters in the game that they have prepared to be recruited. Um, I don't know that they'll thousands? have storylines. Yes, supposedly thousands and that you can have an active party of up to like more than 20 but that they apparently did the work for thousands. Um, I doubt that means whole ass like narratives spoken storylines. Probably you're only going to, you know, for actual storylines have, you know, your top 20 or 30. But from the sound of it, at least they really do have you have the ability to recruit all kinds of people. And presumably if your ranks are deplenished, you'll be able to replenish them by recruiting randos. Yeah. So um, there's a lot of attention given to the uh, to the granny who. Uh, oh yeah, stun gun granny. Yeah, so it, it seems interesting. I mean, I've been meaning to get around to Watch Dogs too. So. Uh, oh yeah, you, know. you should. It's actually on sale on Xbox this week uh, for like sixteen ninety nine or something on the digital store. Oh. So if you don't have it, that might be a way to grab it. Yeah. Let's see. We also got John Bernthal. Uh, <laughs> that's not a game. We just got him. Um, for reasons I don't really understand. <laughs> I mean, I know his character appears. I know his character appears in Ghost Recon Breakpoint, and I know he brought a dog out with him. But and apparently, the only thing anyone cares about in games culture these days are dogs, and if you can pet them. Um, right? I didn't see him pet the dog, but the dog was on stage. They talked about Ghost Recon Breakpoint. Um, it's going to be available on October 4th. It will include AI teammates for solar for solo players as a part of its post-launch package. Um, and it is going to have an official community for Ghost Recon fans call called the Ghost Recon Delta Company. Please look forward to it. Yeah, not really my thing. We also got the announcement that the It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia um, cast, or more specifically, Rob McElhenney and then some of the other people from... Uh, behind the scenes are putting together a show called Mythic Quest Raven's Banquet. This is a television show that they're putting together with Ubi for Apple TV Plus about games dev. The little like preview they showed looked to me, it was like tonally very funny and spot on. It didn't necessarily play like something I would want to watch 23 to 30 minutes of. Um, yeah. What did you think? Just kind of a weird 
I mean, I guess that the idea was that they were for Ubisoft or whatever, because like they showed the UB, they showed a clip of like Ubisoft at E3 or whatever. Um, well, and something else that for me was very jarring is like I remember well, I was thinking about like, oh, I know what's supposed to be in that booth that year, and it's this is it was not this fake game they made, <laughs> and like so for me it was super like it ruined sort of the effect, I guess. But whatever. Yeah. Um, it was just weird. I it felt it felt it was weird to spend five minutes plus. I mean, even though I'm a big fan of him, he I think he's super sexy regardless of his body type. Like, um, I just was like, why is this taking up time in the Ubisoft presentation? It's a TV show. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, we, we also got the word that uh, Rainbow Six Siege's next season, Operation Phantom Sight, launches tomorrow. For Honor has a new limited time event called Shadows of the Hitokiri available this week. Oh, this was an exciting one. We got the announcement of two yeah. new characters coming to Brawlhalla. Um, I think three, actually. Oh, really? I had only heard about the, the two main ones. That's great. Uh, then what do you want to talk about, all three? Yeah, so um, uh, at first I was like, oh, Adventure Time? But that show's over. But uh, so, um, at first they just showed Jake and Finn from Adventure Time uh, coming to Brawlhalla. But Princess Bubblegum is also going to be playable. They're also adding a buddy match type, so like, which is perfect for uh, Jake and Finn, obviously. Um, and they are in the game as of today, and you can play them for free until June 25th. After that, they will cost money. Excellent. Um, we also have word here that The Division 2 will be free to play from June 13th to 16th, and the game's first major update will kick off in July. Uh, let's see. We okay. also got word that they have an upcoming movie that is going to be produced in association with Netflix. Right. Lots of movie so, announcements from and television announcements from Ubisoft. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if you're into uh, basically post-apocalyptic scenarios where a peacekeeper force suppresses the common people, I guess this is for you. Yay. Let's see. We also have word of a new mobile strategy game. This is Tom Clancy's Elite Squad. This is in Rainbow Six also, Tom Clancy. Well, so Rainbow Six is Tom Clancy. Division is Tom Clancy. Like most God, of these like, franchises are. That's what I thought. Like, isn't he dead? Like Ghost Recon is one of theirs. Oh, oh yeah. I think a long ass time ago, in fact. Um, I mean, I say long ass. I mean, several years. I'm like, isn't he dead? <laughs> But, you know, so this, I guess, is actually a crossover game. Uh, it has, like, the Splinter Cell guy, the Rainbow Six guy. Okay. Look forward to it. If you're into Tom, then I guess that's the bomb. We got the uh, announcement of Just Dance 2020. This is the 10th iteration in this long-running series. It's going to be coming to Switch, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Stadia, and the original Wii. Right? That made me so happy. Because, like, uh, you know, those games were uh you know like the way that the Wii the way you played it on Wii was you know um kind of different and so yeah apparently uh also the Wii just dances um are used in like children's hospitals to help with like rehabilitation which I think is like yes. and so I, th I guess that's part of the reason why uh Ubisoft still makes it for Wii do we know that or was that speculate speculate well that that's speculation i hope that's why yeah i just would like to know because if that is why they deserve way bigger props than they're getting otherwise um, they're like oh we know that um susie homemaker still has a wii and buys just dance can you fucking stop with this heteronormative shit jesus i just throw back Home to yesterday don't have jesus. to be susie yes so but i was trying to talk about a very stereotypical thing when you adhere to stereotypes you're strengthening them yes but they're out there so well sorry. let's work on weakening well, them well sorry about it brenda <sighs> you're fine bethany it doesn't matter <laughs> rainbow yeah. six quarantine was announced it's the next rainbow six it's okay. a three player tactical player versus enemy co-op game coming in early 2020 um, the wild thing is, you know, I talk about Rainbow Six, Tom Clancy, da, 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 as like, uh, he's dead. <laughs> right? But in this case, when you say he's dead, it's like, yeah, this looked like a horror game. It was kind of creepy. And three players, like, cool, we can play with soccer. Right? Maybe. So it'll be if fun. It's cool. Maybe. It'll be cool if it's a cool, cool. game. 
And then they brought out um, and they brought out someone who I think was family to announce roller champions, which was the roller derby. <laughs> he was hella cute, and I want to play this game hella bad. Yeah, there's a uh, demo on PC that you can play right now. It's so funny, too, because I've literally been looking for, like, is there a way for me to download this without getting it from Uplay? Because I'd really love to check it out, but I don't want Uplay. Well, you you don't if you don't want Uplay, you probably don't want Uplay. You more like Uplay, right? Uplay Plus. Um, you, you pay $15 a month if you want Uplay Plus. Well, which will, you, which you will um, be able to access over 100 Ubisoft games. With the DLC, you'll get early access to certain games and any new releases like Watch Dogs Legion. Uh, this is coming on September 3rd. And then next next year, it will be... Um, this is the weird part for me, that it'll be available on Google Stadia. So on top of the... Well, I mean, I guess if you're doing the free Stadia, you know, that's whatever. But if you're doing, like, the Stadia Pro and the Uplay Plus, that's like... You know, twenty five bucks a month. Uh, well, maybe let's that's keep for in mind, like quite a few of these companies, they already do these kinds of services. Like uh, EA already has EA Access; they have been have for for years. And I do, I think that these kinds of subscription services are sort of the direction things are going. I'm not. I don't a fan. think these companies want sixty dollars out of our wallet. You know, one month every few months out of the year. I think they want fifteen dollars out of our pocket every month for every year. And, and, and I'm, I'm not agree. really a fan. I'm not honestly. saying I'm a fan, but I do see like I see where this is coming from. I subscribe to uh, the EA Access. Yeah. I do not foresee myself subscribing to UPlay Plus. Um, see, I mean, something for me like um, Ubi games as much, and um, even more importantly, the rare Ubi games that I do buy, I want the big fancy special editions for because those few games are games I really, really like. Um, right? Um, did Ubisoft, or I'm sorry, uh, Uplay Plus sound good to you? Uh, no, I'm like, I mean, the, I think something like um, Games Pass is different because it's like you know that's on a platform that's Xbox or something like you know, uh, I mean, I mean, you know. It's, like something like this where it's an additional on top of it like i don't know just for me i don't want to play i don't have that many ubisoft games that i want to play that i'm going to spend 15 dollars a month yeah yeah but you know i'm sure there are people for whom this is going to be a really fantastic option because i know you know i know people who it seems like play primarily ubisoft yeah games. like um like kenny breadbreaker who uh is queer and poly so fuck the uh heteronormative i don't know like whom that is kenny breadbaker he's like the queer poly non-heteronormative version of Susie homemaker since she's canceled now apparently oh okay now see i kenny, like kenny that. kenny breadbaker see i like that i think they're i mean not i'm not sure why he just can't also be a homemaker i don't know well, why their homemaker is gendered okay i'm not sure why they they're can't be a homemaker but i respect well, they they are, but they're a bread baker too. All right, <laughs> you can tell you can tell it's winding down here. But uh, I actually, it was interesting that they closed off with this one. Gods and Monsters is yes. getting a lot of Breath of the Wild comparisons. Um, kind of a very similar cartoony sort of look, but it's based well, in a I, Greek mythology. Well, and so I was sitting here like passing out, and I'm like, I didn't know what I was watching because of the heat. And I was legit, like, mumbling. I'm just like, is this Kid Icarus DLC for Breath of the Wild? Like, what is happening? Right. But, like, honestly, that's exactly my jam. I am so into this. It looked like a lost Nintendo game in, like, the best possible way. Yeah. And I, I am frothing at the mouth for its release. Yeah, so that'll be February 25th of next year. Um, what did you think of Ubisoft? Notably, we had no Rabbids um, and Mario and Rabbids, but maybe that maybe we'll see something tomorrow, but I don't know. You know, it's tough. I, I think for me, this is going to be a C plus. Um, it's yeah, I was a, thinking like a B minus C plus. It was a solid show. There was solid content. It just wasn't largely stuff I was super invested in. Um, they were dropping you know, lots of F-bombs too. Yeah, it's... It didn't it didn't really bring the fun for me either. You know, again, like I said, you know, they brought John Burnfall out with a dog and like they had the I wasn't uh, Assassin's Creed. Sure uh, they started with that Assassin's Creed Symphony, which I mean I was surprised that it took like forty minutes into the show for the just dance dance break. Oh yeah, right. Like we're so used to that being the way they start the show. So yeah, for like too. ten years. Yeah. Um anyway, 
all said, all done, not a bad show. It's just just a lot of like weird things that I didn't understand why they were talking about, like the always sunny uh, Mythic Quest Ravens Banquet show. Like, yeah, sure, I'll watch it someday if I ever get Apple TV Plus, which is its own <laughs> bag of concern. But like, I don't know. I, I just don't really understand what this conference was trying to to do. It felt like a lot of different statements for a lot of different people. And it really struggled for me or suffered for me from not having a cohesive vision for what they were showing off and presenting. Yeah. So I think C plus is good. I was on the B minus edge, but no C plus. Excellent. Excellent. Well then let's, uh, let's start by talking. Let's start talking then about the last presentation that we've seen. And the last one before we talk. Thank God Sony didn't do one tonight, right? Holy moly, right? I feel like I'm dying. And I still got to edit this mess. But, But we get to talk about Square Enix. And we get to talk about the fact that Square Enix opened their damn show with one of the most talked about games of the last decade. Obviously, Final Fantasy VII Remake. Oh my Um, god, it looks so good. Well, and that's I was just going to say. Could you describe what we saw a little bit? So basically... um... We saw a lot of sequences from Midgar, which, you know, that fucking pizza ruined everything. But uh, uh, so, you know, we um, we got we got a full length um, trailer, like a longer version than the one that was put out last night at the symphony. Um, we got our first look at Tifa, who looks great. And they didn't make her um, breakfasts like ridiculous. Uh, so I was really happy with that. But I mean, of course, the big thing is that um, they talked about how, like, the first part of the game and the first episode will be entirely the story of Midgar. So it's really expanded. They said there's, like, two Blu-rays worth of content just because of how they expanded the game. Well, okay, yeah. So the two Blu-ray disc comment, they've actually already clarified um, that they meant disc one is Midgar and disc two is the rest of the world. Right, which makes sense. Um and they they but, noted yeah, that I mean, they have beefed up Midgar so that they feel it is an entire game experience, which is exciting. Uh, I mean, yeah. especially especially when you consider that. Okay, um, I, I mean, it's not a spoiler, right? To talk about story so. spoilers. So I mean, especially when you consider that um, in the original iteration of the game, you don't really get to spend that much time with Ares. So um, I think that you know it'll probably make her death <laughs> more resonant. I guess I don't know. Um, but well, the- yeah, by spending that much time with her, you know, obviously getting to know her a lot better, having her talk as a part of the party, because it's very clear that there is going to be a real focus on like inter-party chatter as you're exploring and even fighting. I think it's going to make that big spoiler moment hit so much harder. Right, right. And what I was happy for, like, which really set this um, presser off on a at a good start you know, started it off on a good note was that they showed gameplay. Like they actually showed how it's going to play. It's very much got some elements from, you know, final fantasy 15 and, you know, by extension, kingdom hearts a little bit, you know, but Uh, also final fantasy 13. Right. So like, um, you know, there's like switching in between characters, uh, mid battle. Um, there's kind of like a, um, gives you like a tactical mode, um, there's shortcuts, so um, that that that's where I feel it's going to be more like a Kingdom Hearts sort of thing, which is super exciting. I mean, uh, you know, obviously Kingdom Hearts plays amazingly, but um, yeah, I, I like I like what I see. I mean, I I think that it you know takes some elements inspired by the original game, you know, with like the magic and some of like the kind of limit breaks sorts of things. But I mean making more sense for a game that's coming out in 2020. Yeah. I mean, and I'm, I'm someone who's typically not the biggest fan of final fantasy seven. It's a good game, but it's, I don't think it's the best final fantasy, but still I'm super hype. I think it looks really good. And I think that, um, I think that it's going to bring out the full potential that final fantasy seven had back in what, 1997. I think so. But just, you know, uh, was lacking in some parts. So, uh, I mean, because when you think about when you think about it, you think about six was a like a masterwork. Um, eight, you know, people have issues with, but I thought that eight, you know, storytelling and everything was really solid. And then you know, nine and ten. So I mean, I think people like kind of have you know 
a nostalgia lens for seven in a way. I mean, I, we've talked about this before, um, but seven is a flawed game. I mean, it, like it, like when you look at it in the context of like six, seven, eight, nine, ten, kind of in that progression. In some ways, I think that seven, the original Final Fantasy seven kind of was a step backwards. So I think that you know it, I can see why this is the one that really deserves to be, you know, fully remade and explored. And, you know, over the years, it's, you know, with Advent Children and everything, you know, it's come to, you know, be kind of like a cultural moment. So anyway, I'm very, I'm very happy for it. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, I'm really stoked. You know, um, the way that they describe the battle changes, particularly the way that you have like your, your stock attack, which is almost like a, like a basic melee attack, similar to like a simple keyblade swipe on kingdom hearts and how that will charge up your atb meter and then you can parlay that into um, more advanced tactics in the like sort of like tactical view Um, right i just overall it looks like a a very compelling gameplay loop it looks to me like it will be engaging fun and pretty yeah it's sort of the trifecta for a final fantasy 7 remake so yeah i don't know to me it actually looks pretty good looks good and well, speaking of Kingdom Hearts, <laughs> right? We did. Well, we, get, we, te- we teased about this yesterday. Well, precisely. We got the teaser trailer for the DLC Remind that's going to be releasing this winter as an add on to Kingdom Hearts 3. It promises to delve deeper into the mysteries of Roxas, but also as, well as Luxord. Uh, yeah, Daddy. <laughs> card daddy so what's up with him well exactly and that's the thing you know we do know that in the deep lore of uh kingdom hearts i say deep lore but that's just because most people haven't played union cross he does go back to the old days before the first keyblade war as do some of the other um organization members and so that's sort of a plot thread that's been unraveling in the most recent um storyline points in um in Union Cross and across okay. Kingdom Hearts 3. So, well, again, this um, is one of those things where it, it makes complete sense to those of us who are playing the home game. And for those mm-hmm. who are just not that invested in Kingdom Hearts lore, I imagine it's a whole nother mess of what the hell is going on. Yeah, and without going into spoilers, um, you know, at the end of, I mean, vague spoilers, at the end of Kingdom Hearts 3, you know, we learned something about Zigbar that, you know, kind of is a game changer. So... Yeah, um, well, like that's going to further explore specifically, that. Yeah, plays on the fact that this is going to explore that. Which is oh. exciting. Right. Like, so. Kingdom Hearts is just getting started, baby. You thought that, how many years did this take? 17 years? It's been some nonsense. Well, it's, been some uh, nonsense. it's just getting started. The story, this is just the first chapter. Yes. This is just the, like, uh, you know, original Star Wars trilogy. So we also got word that the Last Remnant remaster is available today on Switch. Yeah, uh, that this was is a surprise. A, yeah, this is a revival of a 360-era JRPG. Um, I liked it back in the day, but it had some real performance issues. When it got a PC port, it ended up being a lot more playable, um, just because, you know, some of those Unreal Engine growing, growing pains. Um, presumably, you know, it got a PS4 port last year, and that worked pretty well. Like, it was a very functional release. Presumably, the Switch port is based on that, since it's yeah. still also referred to as the remaster. Um, mm-hmm. crossed, because if so, it's a good game worth playing. Yeah, cool. We also got word of a new top-down automobile racing game. This one is developed uh, by the Vancouver-based studio Original Fire Games. It is going to be Circuit Superstars, and That's Square cute. Enix is publishing it in 2020. Yeah, it reminded me of almost like an RC Pro-Am type experience, or like the mm-hmm. old NES uh, Micro Machines games. Yeah! And I like that. I like that kind of like high-speed, top-down racing experience. Yeah, Let's very see, they, they also announced a new uh, one-to-three-player cooperative shooter. This oh, one no, is this called is Outriders. For, uh, you mean soccer. <laughs> right? And, squeezing myself in there. And uh, it's a new shooter from People Can Fly Studios. Um, you're probably most familiar with them from uh, their work on Gears of War Judgment. It's supposed to be a journey across a dark and desperate sci-fi world in search of a mysterious signal. Okay, um, this will be releasing in summer 2020 on Xbox One, PS4, and PC. One, uh, of, the, also... one of the things I was a little less interested in, but uh, moving on. Yeah, yeah. We also got the announce, or not the announcement, but the uh, release date reveal for Oninaki. This is the latest from 
Tokyo RPG Factory, the makers of I Am Setsuna, Lost Sphere. Okay. Uh, you know, they make a lot of throwback JRPGs. This one is actually more of like a throwback action RPG, and it hmm. looks great to me. Yeah. I, I'm eager to play this one. It's going to be releasing, it looks like, worldwide August 27th or 22nd. Oh, that's 2019, soon. Right? Um, we then got an English language trailer for War of the Visions, the Final Fantasy Brave Exvius game that was announced while we were recording last night's episode. Right. Um, and we do know that it is very much a follow-up on uh, to Final Fantasy Tactics. It, it shares art assets with Final Fantasy Tactics regarding its UI. And uh, yeah, there's a hell of a lot to be excited about. Yeah. It's now in development, and I expect we'll be talking a whole lot about it in the future. Uh, Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles Remastered will be out this winter. Um, originally, it was supposed to be out in 2019. A lot of folks still hoping it releases this December, but it might be a quarter one 2020 release. Also, is this the first time we found out it will be a mobile phone game, too? I believe this was also the, the announcement of the mobile phone release, yeah. Prior to that, I think we were mm -hmm. just expecting Switch and PS4. We got the bomb drop that finally we're getting Romancing Saga 3. Yes! It is a remake, um, but faithful to the original PS4 Vita. Oh, <laughs> Vita. Because it had already released in Japan, so why not, right? Okay, yeah. A Switch, PC, Xbox One, iOS, and Android. And Excellent. we have Saga Scarlet Grace. Yes! This one's going to be releasing here as Saga Scarlet Grace Ambitions. But I'm really excited. This game came out in Japan on Vita a couple of years back, and it was supposed to actually be like pretty decent, you know, not perfect, flawed, but worth playing. Um, they're bringing it over, and apparently it's getting some uh, tune-ups in addition. So I'm really yeah. eager to, to check this out, especially if it's an improved experience. And then I know you were incredibly excited about this next announcement. Do you want to? Yeah. Um, so we finally have a remaster of Final Fantasy VIII. Coming to PS4, Switch, Xbox One, and PC this year. Um, a lot of people I've seen, I've already seen complaints. And, you know, this is the black sheep of the series. It's the black Wooloo. Um, but, um, you know, I've seen, already seen some complaints about, oh, they didn't even, like, you know, is, you know, it's just new texture mapping. But, I mean, it still looks so good. And, I mean, the thing is, is that, like, for its time, Final Fantasy VIII looked great. I mean, it's just that it was kind of pushing the limits of what they could do at the time. I mean, that's been Square Enix's, um, you know, Square at the time, Squaresoft's MO. But I mean, uh, I think even just with these new textures, it looks great. I mean, obviously I'd love a remake, but um, the game was already pretty great. I mean, yes, the draw system, some people feel is broken, but whatever. Um, I just, I never thought that we would see, you know, there's that whole meme about, um, you're the most handsome guy here at the um, Garden Seed Ball. And it's a close-up of like his like pixel ass face. Um. I'm just gonna be real, you know. Every time I see these, and, and I mean, I, I'm trying not to call them entitled nerds, but it's so hard. Every time I see these people dig into like, oh, they only did this kind of work, not that kind of work. It's like, bitch, I don't like. It's, and I'll be honest, I know one of the people you're talking about. I saw you get into an exchange on one of the social medias. I'm going to keep it vague. Um, my problem is people act like creating new assets and creating new artwork and making sure that something fits into this game and that it's not breaking anything and that it's still passing cert and that it's, you know, this package still works with this emulator or whatever. Like even making minor ass changes is a tremendous amount of work doing the amount of work that they appear to have done on this release for like every character and every character model and every this and that and what have you and effects. It looks like backgrounds and and you know, yeah every every yeah. asset i mean it it appears to be every asset like anyone who says something like that fundamentally doesn't understand how complex it is to make video games and i'm sorry like i know you were getting really heated um about that exchange and again i won't id whom it was with even though i don't think they listen but like it was just one of those things where it's like every time you complain about a company not catering to your whims like i get being disappointed being let down about wanting more but you're not doing anyone any favors when you misrepresent that they have somehow done a half finished job um 
The reason why I, I sort of frame it that way is because I think it's also incredibly important to note that Final Fantasy VIII is being released specifically as Final Fantasy VIII Remaster. Uh, this means we now have Final Fantasy VII Remake and Final Fantasy VIII Remaster. And um, you add that to the fact that we have all of these other um, games that are releasing from Square Enix titled, you know, such, such and such game Remaster. I think we are seeing sort of like the, the codification of a new business branch of Square Enix's publishing, where I think we're going to see them publishing more legacy content as this sort of remaster line. And Chrono Trigger remastered? Well, I was going to say, I, I think it's simply a matter of time Chrono before Cross. we see more classic games enter this line, so long as this initiative is one that is profitable for them. Um, this would be a very easy way for them to, I mean, not very easy, but comparatively easy way for them to avoid another quagmire like Final Fantasy VII Remake while still getting to revisit these games and make more money off of them. Mm -hmm. So to me, I don't know. I thought that Final Fantasy VIII Remaster, I think it looks great. I think they did the exact right amount of work to it. All I wanted, because, you know, uh, for years people have been complaining about Final Fantasy VIII not getting a remaster. And it's like, you look at the art assets, you look at the polygon models. It's like, this game would take a lot of work. Like, it right. just up it looks like garbage. Mm -hmm. So they had to go in and do the work. And rather they than did completely the work. rebuild it, they just did the work. Yeah. And to me, I want to support that and I want to see more of it. To me, for games that aren't going to get the budget for a whole ass remake, this kind of a remaster is the absolute ideal. And I I think it's rad as shit. I am simply, I'm fundamentally not here for the complaints about yeah. them not doing enough for it. I, I'm totally, yeah. any other complaint, please have at. Yeah, the draw system, yes, we can talk about that some other time. Um, and I mean, like they, I say, I mean, like, if someone wants to talk to me about that. And then um, they sort of wrapped up the show, and we, we need to wrap up this show. <laughs> they wrapped up the show with our first real look at Crystal Dynamics' long-awaited Avengers game. Uh, this is going to be releasing May 15th, 2020. Mm, are they going to be ready for that? Um, I mean, supposedly. Looks a little rough. So they've announced five characters so far. Uh, Cap, Thor, Hulk, Black Widow, and Iron Man. Um, Square Enix announced that they will be releasing content for the game over multiple years. It will have four-player online co-op, and every new character and map added to the game will be free. That's kind of cool. I'll but say, how does it play? About, well, and I'll say, you know, we're talking about it here like, oh, that sounds cool. But like, in my opinion, I wonder if we would be getting that same information if we lived in a world where Anthem and Destiny 2 did better. This, to me, sounds like games as a service is falling apart. How do we fix our games as a service game? Because there have been indications for years that Crystal Dynamics has been making a games as a service game. And I think it's real weird that suddenly we're hearing, oh, oh, there is downloadable content, but it'll be free. Don't worry. Like, yeah, I, I think someone realized this was no longer a viable plan in the years it took you to put this game together. But, yeah. you know, we'll see. Um, we'll see. I, I also saw a lot of people note um, that lineup sure doesn't have much diversity. Yeah. And you can't even fall into like, oh, it's the core movie Avengers because like you would at least have Hawkeye. So like there's literally no Avengers of color and literally only Black Widow as a non-male character like mm. but then i was like oh yeah i'm not gonna say the comment i was gonna make all in all i'm gonna say i really enjoyed this square enix presentation i thought it was a great conference i did not think it was one of their all-time greats it's not quite like an sss but it's probably like an a probably like an a a a a a and, you know, I will say uh, a lot of us were also hoping to see some Square Enix surprises for Switch. I do not have any, like, advance notice. You know, things don't leak for Nintendo Directs, typically. Yeah, I mean, I am Nintendo was cracking down. Right? But I am expecting at least a Square Enix surprise during tomorrow's 40-minute Nintendo Direct. I can't wait. Right? So, um... And it actually gives up, me a really yeah. good transition or, point. What? Yeah. It's like, let's wrap this up. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, that gives me a really great transition point because tomorrow we're going to be doing another episode for this E3. Um, it kind of sucks that wasn't episode 164 tomorrow because then it could have been in episode 100 Nintendo 64. 
Oh, right. Um, but we do have news that in addition to Nintendo at 9 a.m. tomorrow morning, uh, there's also going to be two surprise sessions um, on uh, Twitch. Uh, one of them is going to be Nippon Ichi America. Yeah. And we also have a, a Konami surprise announcement. Yeah, right. Like those are scary. So um, the mystery slot. Nippon Ichi Software. <laughs> It better not be patchy slot. This wouldn't be the place for that. Um, so the Nippon Ichi stream is going to be at 5 tomorrow p.m., 5 p.m. Pacific. And the Konami one is at 5.30 p.m. Pacific. So hopefully you can just bounce bounce from one right to the other. Uh, let's see. We also had the announcement today uh, that, oh, this was one. We'll talk about this more in the coming weeks because this is one I have a lot of feelings about. But uh, we yeah. did get the announcement of the last batch of backwards compatibility games for the original xbox and xbox 360 on the xbox one platform but they're um, up to like what 600 games is it something like that yeah that and that was it was something That's like so uh, 600 xbox original and xbox 360 games and i will say i mean most of the games you would want to play at this point have been included um, yeah your beloved osiris wrath is well there. that's exactly osiris wrath got added on the 360 side which was for me literally my most wanted 360 backwards compatible game um you know battlefield 2 enchant arms super puzzle fighter 2 turbo Far Cry Classic and Instincts, Infinite Undiscovery, the King Kong adaptation, Prince of Persia Forgotten Sands, Skate, Star Ocean Last Hope, Super Puzzle Fighter 2 Turbo, Syndicate 2 Human, Unreal Tournament 3. Like, those are some great games. And then mm -hmm. for the original Xbox, we got uh, Armed and Dangerous, um, Indiana Jones and the Emperor's Tomb, Sphinx and the Cursed Mummy, which is actually a really fantastic, like, almost like classic Nintendo-style 3D platformer collect-a-thon experience. Oh. Yeah, it's a great game, actually. <laughs> um, and then a uh, bunch of Splinter Cell games. The original uh, Pandora Tomorrow, Chaos Theory, Double Agent. So, um, you know, for those of you, like myself, to some degree, who have been waiting for the return of Splinter Cell, better than a kick in the face. Um, <laughs> I have mixed feelings about this. I do think that this is a great set of games to be added. Yes, I However, want more. Exactly. Um. What is your take? You know, the 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 reason given for this is basically that the backwards combat compatibility team is now working on uh, Scarlet, Scarlet to make sure yeah. that everything from Xbox One carries over to Scarlet. Um, um my yeah, problem I mean, here is that there should have already been a team on that, and that probably shouldn't be the backwards compatibility team. But, eh. but whatever, that's my opinion. What's your take? No, I mean, I think it's um, compared to where the Xbox One started, this is uh, huge. I mean, it's over 600 games plus the Xbox One games. You know, that's a huge library. So kudos. Excellent. Excellent. All right. Well, then, with all of that having been said, it's about time to start winding down. It's like, yep, we have one tweet. Perfect. So um, we have a tweet from Remy Lebeau, which I'm probably saying wrong, which I mean, like, I should, that's why I shouldn't uh, call you out, which ironically, it's about us saying something wrong. Uh so this is Anthony from the Nintendo Love Fest uh, podcast saying, dudes, I love you, but it's Arcade Leon, not Arcane Lion. So um, Arcane Leon. With that comment said, know that I love you and I'm glad you're back. Kiss emoji. We love you too. And we're glad to be back. And I will almost certainly forget that enunciation pronunciation and we'll be calling it Lion again next week. But I appreciate right. your effort and I will do my best to remember. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's the one that I didn't even know with me and my Ubisoft and all that. And most, Look, most in California, we speak English very lazily. It's a whole thing. You can read essays about it online or in actual books, yeah. I guess, or hear Vampire Weekend sing songs about it. It's a whole thing. <laughs> right? Uh, it is. Uh, so, yeah, we thank you for your feedback. We love your subscriptions, ratings, and reviews. We like your Facebook likes. We effing love Twitter. We you effing love us. Twitter. You can mail us at mailbuoe at gamebuoe.org. Oh, wow. Mailbuoe is ready to go, raring to go. And gamebuoe.org is our home base where all 164 of these episodes are in After Tomorrow 165. Gamebuoe.org for 165 episodes tomorrow. After tomorrow. <laughs> Hopefully. Unless a meteor kills us all. Uh, with that... <laughs> with that, uh, Spike, shout outs. 
yeah, I'd like to point you in the direction of Orange Lounge Radio, where every gamer has a voice and from whom we steal so many of our cues. I'd also like you to check out the Astral Era podcast. Astral Era is a Final Fantasy XIV podcast focused on in-depth discussion of new content, game mechanics, story slash lore, music, and of course, Glamour Darling. Glamour Darling. You should also check out Slag Kick's show, Reading is Fundamental, where we dish tea and drag everything drag race hunty of course when the show is not currently in season it's not currently in production but there was a finale just a week or two ago you should go check it out with all that having been said slaggy i want to take you to a game bar game bars where you can kick back and listen to the sassy staccato of jeremiah tubes todd and d as they are the queer gaming podcast equivalent of the prairie home companion the magical boys podcast is a pop culture podcast from a queer perspective nintendo fun club is your place for platformers positivity and pop punk and the kitties yuna and luna and anime buoy is our port of call for anime recommendations news bits and discussions that maybe aren't on your radar but most definitely should be our wonderful theme music was done by zelda reorchestrated which was a project that aimed to reorchestrate beautiful zelda music into gorgeous symphonic sound they unfortunately closed their doors quite a while back but you can still visit their archive and if you want to pour out a 40 into the great fairy fountain wee! <laughs> look it's it's almost 11 p.m it is still like 80 damn degrees outside we're doing our best here but we love you so thank you for supporting us and your warm welcome of us back into the podcast sphere indeed all right well we'll be back at you in about 24 hours uh but until then keep gaming keep gaming keep thinking keep thinking and uh see you tomorrow yeah okay cool i'm at the beach All right, I think that's it. All right, um, I'm going to try to cool down for a bit. All right, bye-bye. Your boyfriend is here. Mm -hmm. Hi. Hi. Now recording. (laughs) Ah! (laughs) Okay.